There you go. So when you, let's go to Psalm 139. I want to read this psalm. It's it's a beautiful psalm. Somebody said, how come I always talk about, like, uh, Scripture is the same ones a lot. And it's because, you know, I've been meditating there and it's just kind of like, you know, it's just, uh, it's just some deep stuff that God is, um, sharing. So this is Psalm 139, starting with, um, no, let's go to verse one. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every moment of my heart and soul, and you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book, and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness you will follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. I just love that part. You know, uh, it basically literally means that you, you hem me in. God hems you in. He surrounds you. He besieges you. And, uh, and the implication is that God protects us from what may come in the future and what has happened in the past. A lot of us live in the past. We live with regret. We live with all the stuff. And my dad used to say, um, regret is its own reward. Okay. Hmm. You've gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. And with your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. This is just too wonderful, deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. It's just too high to understand. It's just out of the realm of understanding, basically. Where could I go from your spirit? Where can I run and hide from your face? If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you are there too. If I fly with wings into the shining dawn, you're there. And if I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. I just love that. If you go to the remotest parts of the sea, if you go anywhere, God, you're there. (laughs) Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. I want to tell you that God will never lead you someplace where he isn't. You can't go someplace where he isn't. It is impossible to disappear from you or to ask the darkness to hide me. For your presence is everywhere, bringing light into my night. There's no such thing as darkness with you. The night to you is as bright as the day, and there's no difference between the two. I just love this part. And then you can read, you, you can read, uh, the next, uh, the next few verses. Um, and, and, and then just go into there. You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and, uh, and my intricate outside, and you wove them all together in my mother's womb. It's just, you know, how breathtaking it is. You formed every bone, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became, before I'd ever seen light. The number of days you planned for me were already recorded in a book. Every single moment you are thinking of me, how precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly. 
in your every thought. God, your desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you're still with me. You know, and, 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 and David is saying here, where can I go from your presence? Where can I go from your presence? That's the question. You, ha- you have to love his presence so much. If you're a believer, if you love Jesus and have confessed him uh, uh, as the Lord of your life, think about this. If you have already confessed him as Lord of your life, you can't go away from his presence. If you haven't confessed him as Lord of your life and you haven't given your life to him, you can't hide from his presence. His presence is the very thing that we need to seek. Psalm 27, verse 8, your, the Lord said to me, seek my face. And my innermost being cried out, your face, Lord, will I seek. Seek him. Go after him. Run after him. It's important at this point that you recognize this. You have to go after him. Don't stop. His presence is there. All you have to do is acknowledge it. When you go to the store, when you go to Walmart, he's there. You know, if you go to Winco, he's there. If you go to Safeway, he's there. If you go to go to the AMP, if you're on the East Coast, he's there. If you go to the market, he's there. If you go to the pit of discouragement, he is there. And he will take you out. And he will love you. All this stuff. You can't hide from his presence. These are just continued heart thoughts, man. You know, I'm overwhelmed by his presence. And why does he stick with me in the midst of everything? Why? I don't have that answer. All I know is he does. He wants to show the enemy how good he really is to people who don't deserve it. The enemy has made it so that you feel that you don't deserve his love. Which in and of itself may be true. It's not the whole truth. Sure, we get tired sometimes. Our flesh gets tired, man. It's, it's, it's tiresome to, to, to continually go after it. I don't know if Jesus ever felt that tired. It was, you know, it was, it was his desire to do this stuff. Woke up in the morning. He wasn't under pressure. There was no pressure on him. There's a guy in India. His name is Ravi Kendall. And, and what he does is he hears, or I don't know if he still does, but he used to hear the audible voice of God every morning at four o'clock to give him instructions for the day. Maharishis got saved, born again, started churches, seen miracles through their lives, villages that were nobody knew where they were. God was able to, 
to give him turn-by-turn directions on how to get there. And I remember there was a time when uh, when I moved here that um, <clears throat> that every morning, like early in the morning, the Lord would wake me up and he would give me instructions for the day. And I would sit up and, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. It's awesome. And I would go and do it and things would happen. Well, one time he uh, he didn't tell me anything. He just was there. And uh, And I was like, well, Lord, aren't you going to give me instructions for the day? And he says, I don't have to. What do you want to do today? And I said, I don't know. What do you want to do? And he says, what kind of a friend would I be if it was all about me all the time? Let's do some things you want to do. And so ended up going to Walmart that day. People got freed. People got healed. People, you know, I, I don't know their souls. I don't have a book of life on me. People got saved. It's really cool. And this is the gift that God gives to us is the ability to hear his voice. Does that mean we're perfect? No, I'm far from it, man. You know, I'm far from perfect. But my soul is perfect because my spirit is perfect because of Jesus. You know, I, I you, you continually work on things. God is awesome. He's amazing. And when you recognize that he loves you, and sometimes that it is about you, it's okay. You're going to make it. I want to tell you, and I'm talking to you eye to eye right now, you are going to make it. If you happen to fall, get up. Brush yourself off and go again. Your, your flesh, man, my flesh gets tired. That song by Keith Green, Until That Final Day, powerful. My flesh is tired of seeking God, but on my knees I'll stay. I want to be a pleasing child until that final day. My mind is full of many thoughts that clutter and confuse, but standing firm I will prevail in faith that I'll be used. God takes great delight in using imperfect people What's your story? God's not hindered by your story. In fact, a lot of times, and, and, and I've had this in my own life, sometimes in the brokenness, sometimes in the, as a broken vessel, God uses you more than when you're, than when you feel like you're, you're not broken. I've been talking to the Lord about some needs that I have. I don't share them on here very much because, you know, um, quite frankly, you know, that's not the purpose of what I do. The purpose of what I do is to encourage you, to build you up, and to strengthen you. And I never, I never ask people to give, but if they want to give, I never stop them. And I've been around situations, I've been around ministries where, where literally every conversation is based upon, I, I, I need money, can you help? And that's not what the gospel's all about. 
The gospel is about the lost. The gospel is about making you whole, making them whole, and God using broken vessels to bring the broken pieces of other people's lives back together again. He loves you, man. He really loves you. He cares about you. And he's holding you in the palm of his hands. And he's embracing you because his strength is perfected in our weakness. One of the things that God's given me is the gift of gab. I can talk. I love talking. I got stories, man. I love telling stories. I love telling testimonies. I love telling situations that have happened in my life. I love it. It's fun. But I have to tell you that God's strength is perfected in my weakness. And the testimony comes out stronger. The testimony is stronger when I'm doing something that I can't do. I remember I was building a, a, a deck for somebody. And it was started out and it was off center and it wasn't square. And, um, <clears throat> and I really didn't know at the time how to fix it. And I said, well, Lord, you know, you were a carpenter. Could I have some wisdom on how to fix this thing? And in his faithfulness, God gave me a dream that night on how to fix it. And I did. I did. God is amazing. He has no issues. Could I have done it better? Sure. Could it have been done better? Absolutely. But God's strength is perfected in our weakness. Even in my discouragement, even when I was at the, in the pit of despair and, dis and discouragement, the Lord saved me and healed me of that. But, he, but people kept coming and asking for advice. And, and, and the Lord was faithful in giving me wisdom in those, in those moments. Pray the prayers of Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. They're powerful that the, that the spirit of wisdom and, and revelation and the knowledge of God, that we would get that. And understanding what is the hope of our calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He has an inheritance in you. It's awesome. All right, well, I'm not going to bore you much much anymore, but I just kind of feel like, you know, we need to just take a deep breath. In the midst of the commercials, in the midst of the um, political spirit and all this stuff, in the midst of the religious spirit, stand up. Stand up. Be who God made you to be, not who people want you to be. For years, I thought I was a pastor. For years, I thought I was, you know, I was uh, something. When really all I was was a son. All I am is a son. That's it. Nothing else. I'm his bride and I'm an encourager. That's all I do. And you got this, man. I want to tell you, you got this. If you happen to slip and fall, get up. Wipe yourself off. And get going. It's, 
That's why the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. That's koinonia. That's that close fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. It's awesome, man. I don't know if you got anything out of what I said today, but just just know we're going to make this. You know, as an aside, um, we're going to make it. We're going to make it.